We have dedicated uh, the whole month of October to a series called Encounters, and we have looked at um, some, some truths about encounters already through the last couple of weeks. We have learned that we don't need to hide from God when it comes to encountering Him. And last week we looked about the nature of encounter and found out that encounters with Jesus mostly come unexpected, they are a gift of grace, and they can impact our lives more than we can imagine. And today I wanna take a look with you at another important thing about encounters. I wanna look at the challenging nature of encounters. And some of you might know what I'm talking about. You know, sometimes Jesus comes and encounters us and, and what he tells us is so challenging. Maybe he challenges our beliefs, maybe he challenges our behavior, or he challenges us to take a step that we think we are not ready for or even don't agree with. But let me tell you, whenever Jesus challenges you, he has good things for you in mind. He's not challenging you to tear you down, but to build you up and to get you ready for what comes next in your life. And I brought a story for us this morning um, that is talking about the challenging nature of encounters, and I believe we can learn a lot from that story. So let's go there. Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, verses 17 to 26. And one day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles, and they lowered the sick man uh, on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home, praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. This story is really, really special. And I mean, some guys love their friends so much that they are willing to rip off a roof so their body can come into the presence of Jesus and get healed. Kids, you probably know that story, right? You've heard that in kids' church. It's an amazing story, it's super cool, but guys, there, there is a story within the story that we cannot overlook. It's too important to overlook it because it can teach us a lot about the challenging nature of encounters. So I want to invite everyone here to take off your focus from the man who got healed and focus instead on the group of people who got challenged that day, the Pharisees and the teach, 
the teachers of the law. Like Luke mentions them right at the beginning of our story. And he tells us that they came from everywhere. They came from all the villages in Galilee and Judea and even from Jerusalem. They probably were curious about Jesus. They wanted to see him. They wanted to hear him teach. They wanted to figure out what kind of guy he was. But I believe they didn't expect that they were challenged to the core of their beliefs. But they did because this is what Jesus always did when there were some Pharisees or Sadducees or religious law teachers. He challenged them. All the time. You can read that in the Gospels. And we can see that here in our story. Like in healing stories where there is no Pharisee or law expert in the room, Jesus says things like, be healed, get up, your faith has healed you. But here he says, your sins are forgiven. And guys, this is like dropping a bomb in the ear of a Pharisee or a teacher of the religious law. Because only God can forgive sins. Only God has the authority to forgive sins. And in order to forgive sins, you have to bring a sacrifice. And the sacrifice has to be the right one. And it has to be presented by the right people who have to prepare themselves in the right way. Otherwise, your sacrifice is not valid. And your sin cannot, for, ca cannot be forgiven. Of course, they were offended. Of course, they were offended. Because what Jesus said was an outrage. I mean, who does that crazy guest speaker think he is to claim he can forgive sins? Of course they react, but they react quietly among themselves so the crowd cannot hear it because they like Jesus. But Jesus knows what's going on. He knows what's going on in their hearts and he points them out and says, I know exactly what you think. And then he says again that he has the authority to forgive sins and now he has their full attention. And while they are staring at him, he heals the man. They didn't expect that. They never would have thought that this is po possible. And they got challenged in their beliefs by that healing because they were right. Only God can forgive sins. And a sacrifice is needed. But when Jesus heals the paralyzed, maybe they begin to understand that the ultimate sacrifice that was sent to forgive the sins of the world sits right in front of them. And that would change everything for them. Everything. I mean, they lived in a society that was circled around sin, circled around the law. Sickness was seen as a punishment from God, and they were separated from God's presence. Only one person, the high priest, once a year, was allowed to enter the presence of God for a couple of minutes. We can enter the presence of God freely. They couldn't. And so they thought God was excluding judgmental and condemning. But when Jesus heals the paralyzed man and forgives his sins, their picture of God gets challenged. It gets challenged and they realize they are in the presence of God right now. And something very amazing is going on. And that's why they praise God. In verse 26, we can read, Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe. And they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. And guys, when Luke writes everyone, he means everyone. Luke is one of the gospel writers who doesn't hold back when Pharisees complained or plotted to kill Jesus after he did a healing. But here we find none of this, zero. 
Luke just writes, everyone praised Jesus. Everyone was in awe and wonder, including the Pharisees and law experts. And to me, this is a big miracle, at least as big as healing the paralyzed man. Because when it comes to our thoughts, when it comes to our beliefs and our convictions, we have to control to let it go or to stick to it. We can either open up our hearts and take it in, or we can keep our hearts locked. The Pharisees and law experts had that choice, but they decided to open up. They allowed what they heard and seen that day to touch their hearts, and they were set up for, for a revelation that had the potential to change their lives forever. And that's the amazing thing about challenging encounters with Jesus. They have the potential to renew us, to change us, to bring revelation, to help us to grow in our relationship with God, to help us see Him clearer, and to help us to understand our calling and our purpose more and more. And Jesus challenges us in many ways. The guys in our story were challenged in their beliefs, but Jesus also will challenge us in our behavior. He challenges us in our calling and many other aspects in life, but we should take the challenge. And in order to be able to, I, I want us to look at the story again and find out a little bit more of challenging encounters. And the first thing I want us to see is that everyone, everyone gets challenged. Everyone gets challenged because everyone has blind spots. I mean, you can study the Bible all your life. You can go to church all your life. You can try all you can to find out who God is and to find out what his plan for your life is and still miss some important things. I mean, the Pharisees and the law experts, they knew the Bible inside out. They even knew the five books of Moses by heart. Think about it. The five books of Moses by heart. They studied the scripture all their lives, and still they missed to see who Jesus was. And even Paul, who was a Pharisee before he became a Christian, that means he also knew the Bible and the five books of Moses by heart. Um, even Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, knowing the Bible, admits in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 9 that he has blind spots. He writes, now our knowledge is partial and incomplete. And even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. So if Pharisees and law experts and the Apostle Paul had blind spots, I guess we have blind spots as well. And that's why Jesus has to encounter us in challenging ways. He has to encounter us because otherwise there will be no change. And I want to encourage you again, whenever Jesus challenges you through a message, or something you read in the Bible, or something you see him doing in the life of another person, take on the challenge. Because through that challenge, you can grow, and you can get a revelation that will change your life forever. I definitely can testify about that. Jesus put many, many challenges in front of me throughout my life as a Christian. And I want to share today about one of the most significant challenges that he put in front of me. He challenged me about the role of the local church. I mean, after I became a Christian, I, I struggled with the institution of church. I struggled with it before, 
but I even struggled it with it after I became a Christian. I was fine with Jesus, but church, mm, I didn't want to be part of it. I didn't want to go to church because when, when I grew up, I always heard church is bad. That was the first thing. And then when I got older and was able to find out myself, I read that, or I found out that the church was responsible for, for a lot of pain and a lot of bad things, and that churches misused their power to manipulate and oppress people. So I was determined to never become part of a church. And in my first four years as Christian, I went to church maybe eight times, because some people dragged me along, not because I wanted to, but because I had to. And even after studying the Bible for three years at Bible school, I didn't see the importance of the local church. Even coming here to Berlin Church doing my internship, I couldn't understand why people would be so enthusiastic about church. Even after moving here and start working for the church, I was convinced I only would stay a couple of years and then I would do the real thing for God. Whatever that would mean, right? I didn't plan to stay. I didn't plan to waste my time with an institution I didn't believe in. But then Jesus challenged me. He challenged me and he made me realize that despite of what the church had done in the past, the church still is his vessel of salvation in this world. The church is his bride. He and the church are inseparably united. You cannot separate Christ from the church. He also helped me to see that there is no greater calling than to build his church and to make it a place where he is displayed in all his love and all his glory and all his power. And Jesus challenged me to go all in and to throw away my plan B, but he left the decision up to me. It was my decision, and that's the second thing I want us to see about challenging encounters. When Jesus challenges us, we have the choice to take it or leave it. The Pharisees in our story had the choice to take it or leave it. They had the choice to allow what they have seen and heard to touch their hearts, to take it in and be transformed, or to lock their hearts. But they opened their hearts, probably because they knew scripture that confirmed what they had seen and heard. I believe otherwise they wouldn't have worshipped God that day. And as you can see, I'm still here. So I guess you know how, how I decided. <laughs> and I have to say my, my decision or my moment of encounter and my decision was easy to make. It was easy to make in the end. It was easy to go all in and to throw away my plan B because what Jesus showed me was confirmed by the Bible and by many, many people. And I don't know how, but for the first time, I was able to see the importance of the local church from the scripture. I had a revelation. And when you have a revelation, you should act accordingly. So when Jesus challenges you with something, check out what he says in the Bible and talk to people who know the word of God. And if they confirm what Jesus has told you, you should go for it. Because then he has, something, he has revealed something to you that will impact your life forever. But there's another thing I want us to see here about challenging encounters. And maybe that's the most challenging thing, because challenging encounters will never stop. Sorry, guys. They will never stop. 
God always is working in our lives. He is not finished. After we received one revelation, there will be another one. There will be a next encounter. There will be a next challenge in front of us. And I believe this is true for our Pharisees and law experts in the story. I believe their story, their encounter with Jesus didn't end with praising God. I believe once they found out who Jesus is, they followed him when Jesus left the house that day. And they were there when Jesus called Levi to follow him. Levi was a tax collector like Zacchaeus from last week, remember? And then they were there when Jesus went with Levi to his house to have a party with sinners and with criminals and they got offended again. They got challenged again and they asked Jesus' disciples how Jesus can behave that way. How can he hang out with people like that? And Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need the doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. See, he challenges them again. He presents another truth, another potential revelation that would change their life. We don't know if they took it or not, but we know that they're there to ask another question. And Jesus again patiently answers their question and presents another challenge to them. And with us, it's the same. There's always something new to learn. There's always something new to see about God, about the plan he has for us. He will challenge us again and again and again. See, after Jesus revealed to me the importance of the local church, he wasn't finished. He challenged me when it came to the role of the Holy Spirit. He came and challenged me um, with tithing or, or with forgiving others. There were so many things he challenged me with, but the greatest challenges held the greatest potential for change. So let me encourage you again. When Jesus challenges you, he is not doing that to tear you down, but to set you up and to set you free and to give you more, more of himself. And Jesus also knows that it is hard. It is hard for us to change. It is hard for us and we see that in his last response to the Pharisees and law experts in Luke 5, 37 to 39. There the Bible says, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine must be put in new wineskins, and both are preserved. And no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new, for he says, the old is better. Well, I don't know about you, but to me there is a lot of love in the words of Jesus. Of course, these words are challenging. Yes, they are challenging. But, he also but, but, it, but they also show that he was aware that it was hard for them to change. They show that he was aware how hard it was for them to change their thinking after being trained and educated in a religious system and traditions that he was about to turn upside down. But he keeps the door open for them. He keeps the door open. He says, and no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new wine. But maybe after a while, maybe when they are ready, See, Jesus puts a challenge in front of them. Again, he leaves us totally up to them if they take it or leave it. 
He leaves it up to them to hold on to the old or to take the new. But the thing is, as long as we hold on to the old, no new revelation will take place. Same is true for us. Jesus knows how hard it is to take on the challenges he puts in front of us. And he will give us the time we need. He will leave it up to us if we let go of the old and take on the new. But if we hold on to the old, no further revelation, no further change, no further healing, no further redemption, no further empowerment is possible. And since our series is called Encounters, I want to invite you today to allow Jesus to encounter you in challenging ways so you can let go of some of the old and take on something new that he wants to show you. And I brought a Bible passage that I pray from time to time to position myself for challenging encounters. Yes, I do that from time to time. And mostly it's hard but it's always good and helpful afterwards. So let's, let's put that on screen. Um, it's from Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24. And there it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. The verses will stay on screen. And what I would like you to do is to get to your feet. And if you want to pray those verses, to position yourself for a challenging encounter, you are free to do that. The verses will stay on screen. You can speak it out, out loud, or you can speak it in your heart. But if you want to do that, speak those words, pray them, make them your prayer and open up and see what God wants to show you this morning. You can start praying them right now. Maybe some of you already started. I will pray along with you. I will make that my prayer today as well. afraid about what Jesus wants to show you don't be afraid it is for your best whatever he wants to show you will will help you to move forward will help you to get out of a prison that you are in and whatever Jesus shows you however challenging it might be you can be sure he will go through it with you you won't be alone walking through that challenge. He will be with you all along the way and he will celebrate you with you on the other end. And Jesus, I want to thank you that you are speaking. Thank you, God, that you are here with us and that you love us so much. You love us too much to let us stay where we are. You always put challenges in front of us so we can come closer to you. Thank you, Jesus, that we have that privilege to be on a journey with you and that this journey will, uh, will guide us closer to you every step of the way. 
And God, I pray that you give us the courage to take those steps, that you give us the courage to take on the challenges that you present so we can be freed, so we can be renewed, so we can get a revelation about who you are, so you can eliminate our blind spots. Thank you, Jesus, that it's not about us, but all about you. Thank you that you are real and that you are a God who responds as we pray to you. want to you can clap for Jesus we never close the service here at Bergen Church without giving people the opportunity to invite the Jesus I just talked about into our hearts and maybe you do that today for the very first time maybe you never really opened up to him there is a difference between knowing that he exists, that he is there, and really asking him to come into your heart. Or maybe you walked with Jesus for a while and then you turned away from him. You can always return to him. He's always waiting for you with open arms. So if you wanna do that step today, if you wanna say yes to Jesus for the first time, or you want to return to him after a while or a journey without him, every head bowed, every eye closed, I would like you to lift your hand right now. Thank you, I can see your hands. I see your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, God. Guys, clap for Jesus for salvation in the house. My God. Come on. Thank you, Jesus, for touching hearts this morning. Thank you for saving lives for eternity this morning. Thank you, Jesus. And if you lifted your hands right now, we have a prayer on screen, and we will pray that together. The whole church will pray this prayer with you. And I hope you're ready, because I am. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I am ready. So here we go, Father in heaven. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. Thank you for your amazing love. I repent of my sins and thank you for your forgiveness. Come into my life and give me a fresh start. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Help me to live my life for you from this day forward. Amen and amen and amen. Guys. <laughs>